Welcome to the Paradise Paradox. My name's Aaron Battle. My name is Kurt Robertson, I think. I just forgot it for a second. <laughs> yeah, I, 10 out of 10, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what perfect, I was... perfect delivery, perfect execution, perfect concept, uh, all over that shit. So, Perfection. <laughs> so today, let's, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah. We talk, we talk about... Uh, we talk about money, we talk about currencies, we talk about government controls. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a, a couple of months ago, people uh, back, in, back in August, people started talking about uh, problems in the world economy and looked like they, they were starting to come to a head, like in, in Jeff Berwick's uh, article or, or Jeff Berwick's piece about the Shemitah and then ba- based on the, the, that book, The Harbinger. Uh, and so in, in retrospect, I mean, it's kind of easy to say, well, nothing happened. But if, if we look a little closer, we, we start to realize actually a lot of stuff did happen. Uh, problems in stock markets, uh, governments instituting capital controls uh, just, just a few days ago, uh, like in China. And there's, there's all these things that are going on maybe a little bit below the surface or, or maybe... Um, people try to justify them, play them down, say that crash isn't isn't that big, and you know it's rebounding or whatever. But there are things there. There are things going on. Yeah, all well, the wheels are turning. Mm. Um, I say nothing happened because nothing snapped, nothing right. broke. <laughs> you know, there's not there's you know there's not a food shortage not here. Right, um, right. So, you know, so the fact that nothing big actually happened relative to my own. <laughs> own little world, then then nothing happened. But man, reading through the news, you can see a lot of people are getting affected. Yeah, and a lot of governments are getting a little shaked up. Mm. Mm. So you know, we we dive into what's what effects that's going to have the the cycle, why it's coming about. Um, mm-hmm. Just a coincidence that it's now, um, even though I think most of us have been hanging out for for a while. Mm. But I expect it to continue. Like, you know, the, this is just, these are little wheels that are turning. Like, you know, just because one country, China in this case, with their capital controls, I'm not, that's just the, another domino that's going to fall in the line of further countries to import, uh, enforce these kind of regulations. Yeah, yeah. So, time will tell, but we'll get, we'll get into a little bit of analysis and uh, consider what what we're saying here consider the events and and uh you know make your own decision about how you can prepare for that in case something really does go down they call that a shtf scenario a shit hits the fan scenario so just in case uh so yeah hit me up on twitter i'm at trouble bubble you can get me at battle az and uh, jump onto Facebook, press like on Facebook, pr- uh, hover over the like button, press get notifications, and uh, jump onto YouTube, press like, press subscribe, uh, jump onto iTunes and Pocket Casts and Podcast Addict and leave a review on iTunes and press subscribe and and uh, get, get, get involved. Uh, head on over to theparadiseparadox.com. You can leave us a comment, send, send us something interesting, tell us your life story, why the hell not... And uh, you can look through our old old pieces there. We've got a lot of articles and a lot of a lot of interesting content, wide range of crazy ideas for open-minded people, 
uh, instituting the, the direct connection between our brain and your brain so we can maintain the mainframe. So let loose, let off those chains. <laughs> and uh, They're not too loose. <laughs> yeah. You, you lose yourself. <laughs> yeah. You find yourself in a scary room with uh, news articles stuck to all corners, <laughs> wall to wall, uh, scary events. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, they're good ideas to play with because, you know, this is your future. Hmm. Yeah, it's true. Ideas shape the future. So hook me into some good ones. And uh, the, yeah, the other thing is if you, if you want to give us a tip, we, we do appreciate that a lot. Uh, it, it helps us out and it, it lets us know that we're doing something a little good maybe you change your day brighten your day made you see things in a different way uh, made you have beautiful dreams before you hit the hay uh, find some beautiful dragons to slay no that's, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that okay so the point is either way the point is yeah <laughs> send us a little change yeah yeah and feel good about it you want to make a real change? Well, how about a dollar? Suggest a donation, one US dollar. Uh, jump on donate.theparadiseparadox.com and you can, you can help us out a little there. The other way, you can jump on, uh, you see on the top of the, the paradiseparadox.com, there's a shop Amazon link and you can head through that little portal, uh, jump through just like you shot a portal gun into the, into the wall and you hopped out on the other side of the room and you find yourself in, uh, in an amazing... Uh, treasure trove full of books and movies and music and audio equipment so jump on through that, that shop amazon link and uh, when you do buy something it just means we get a little commission so we appreciate it a lot uh, so maybe buy that was uh, one book you recommended was currency wars by uh, jim rickards so that's a good one uh, to uh to exercise your mind a little bit and maybe ron paul's and the Fed, that might be a good one to, to spark a few brain cells. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I was going to suggest maybe uh, Synchronicity Key by uh, David Wilcock. <laughs> it's just a big coincidence okay. that everything's happening right now. Numbers are popping out the windows. Okay. Close your window. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Cool. Enjoy the show. in your face paradox paradox bring in the base the docks dice docks <laughs> what's happening hey we survived september <laughs> yeah just just uh just barely scraped scraped on by no no uh obvious shemita earth shattering world changing uh, epoch realigning <laughs> events yeah no asteroids no hemorrhoids, uh, no steroids, not for me anyway. How, how are you on that front? I'm, I'm clean. Okay. Testing whatever you want. All right, cool. Just <laughs> one cup. Okay. <laughs> Two steroids, one cup. Uh, it's my, Future my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. So, a lot happened September. 
Yeah, yeah. So no, no. I mean, no, no uh, exact um, global financial crisis, but well, it looks like it might actually be pretty close because <laughs> there there was a lot of stuff that happened uh, in the last six weeks or so, uh, and it looks looks pretty suspicious. <laughs> yeah, because it looks you, looks like there's a dark cloud forming on the horizon. You mentioned to me like a lot happened. Mm. And I was pretty numb to it. And I think that's because I've been involved or watching, immersing myself in what could happen. So when it did happen, it was kind of like, uh, well, really? Like, like as if I thought it already happened. <laughs> it was like, you know, you said, what right. the big collapse? I was like, what, what happened in China like a month ago? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was that. There, yeah. There's more, more to it. I'm like, okay, okay, well, let's, uh, let's talk about it. Yeah, well, you know, we've been expecting this collapse for so long now that it seems like, like when stock markets lose three points in a day or whatever, uh, we're like, eh, is that it? You know, we're, we're expecting major moves. <laughs> Which you know, three points in a, three three percentage points in Australia is is quite a lot, but um, maybe not if you live in Russia. Depends. It's all about perspective. Uh, so yeah, there were moves like like you mentioned in in China, and uh, the China stock market went up, and and this is this is basically the 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 story. Uh, that uh, the the Chinese government was encouraging its citizens very strongly uh, to invest in in the stock market um, over the last year or so, mm-hmm. and, and then something kind of happened that reached a kind of um, saturation point or or something you know something triggered it and the dominoes started falling down and the the, the Chinese stock market went back as it was uh, about six months ago. And so a lot of citizens probably lost a lot of equity there. Um, and I remember reading an article with like Mrs. Wong and oh, that's, I mean, that's not her actual name. That's just the, the stereotypical, the not the stereotypical, the, that's the, the, uh, the, the typical name of the typical um, wife investor in in China, and she was like, "Oh, I'm not so worried. Uh, things will go back up, um, but you know, will they? We don't know. So it's, it's all a mystery." <laughs> that is what I've been caught with, um, yeah. waiting for things to go back up, <laughs> and and maybe you know, like the when I first came across the stock market and what could potentially happen and how it was being driven and how it's being flooded with uh, cheap, easy money. It's like, okay, maybe this is it's looking unstable. Maybe it's not a safe place to be. Hmm. And uh, I, I said maybe half an hour ago, I would have been better liquid, like selling everything hmm. and just going on a big spending spree. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. buy a new car, buy, you know, buy a farm, buy whatever I want. <laughs> I guess, I, yeah, it's like, well, how can you buy? I mean, do you really have the money to buy a farm? Oh, maybe you do. Oh, here in Mexico, there's a little, a little farm, a couple of, a couple of hectares. But, um, I mean, I guess the reason why I didn't is because you want to be sensible. But there's, yeah. there's like there's, there's um, in retrospect, it's like would have really mattered too much. It wouldn't have changed much. And I think <laughs> a lot of people that have a look at their their stock portfolio and say, okay, I just lost. Uh, I'm going to be extravagant and say 30%, which could be a lot of money to a lot of people. 
And they go, you know, why, why am I watching my weekly budget when I could have just went on a spending spree and it wouldn't have really hurt me that much? Yep, yep. Um, well, a lot of people in Russia are having that, that same thought right now. At least according to a few of my students, uh, they, they tell me that people are just like, well, Ruble's lost half its value. It's probably not going to get much better in the short term. So fuck it. You know, let's go for a holiday to Greece or Cyprus or, or something uh, and uh, chill out there for a while, chill out there for a few weeks because uh, in, you know, in a month, our savings might be worthless. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, well, in, in Russia, apparently, from what people have told me, and I haven't researched this too thoroughly, but um, but the word is... You can't buy physical silver in Russia. You can only buy silver certificates or you buy like a, like a, of course you can buy an, a US dollar denominated account in the bank. You can also buy a silver denominated account. So virtual silver, uh, more or less like a silver certificate. Um, but, you know, what it, what is that worth if the bank collapses? Approximately zero is what it would be worth. <laughs> so... Um, that's maybe not all that much better than just holding rubles, um, depending how bad the situation gets. You said approximately, but I mean, if the ATMs turned off and the bank shut, you could have had, I could have had a million. Yeah. Any currency. Yeah. And it's not a million changeable. Of virtual silver. Yep. It's not changeable for zero loaves of bread, <laughs> zero liters of milk. Yep. Cereal. Forget about it. That's not a happy morning. Ocho cuartos, not nothing. <laughs> okay, no, this, this whole this whole system is so connected. There's like so many. We can we can tackle this like this circle, this cycle from so many different points of view. Mm. So, um, I think the this like the psychology of having um, of losing so much value, and then going, you know, I could have, uh, you know, I, I could. I don't even materialistic, but. Simple. I could have bought a new car. Could have I bought a new. I don't mean to be racist, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's could have bought a new big TV. You know, could have could have taken my family for the holiday. You know, that's that's easy. Yeah. You know, could have yeah. I could have gave my money away. I would, have, I would have at least felt like I was doing something. But somehow my money just disappeared, and that was a big September. A lot of money just disappeared. Well, your money. I mean, did, um, you, have you got money in markets right now? Zero. Okay. Yeah. No money in. in oh, I don't have. I don't have any. Whatever. I don't have any money. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. You got. <laughs> well, it depends what you call money. But I have, I have my health. You know, I have, I have happiness in my life. Yeah. Wouldn't change that for any amount of money. Yeah. It's true. It's true. So, um, but but yes, no, I don't. I don't have any stocks. Right. I, I did have. I had quite a healthy portfolio and I just, I kind of thought I'm jumping ship and the only way to do this is to, to really pull the plug mm. and, then, um, and then come back to it. Because what, what, I, what happened this last month, I've been expecting for at least a year. Mm. Like I honestly, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the main reasons why I moved to Mexico in the first place mm. because I actually expected it and still, still expect things to be much worse yes yes and and i thought well at least i'm going somewhere sunny you know where <laughs> uh, you know like worst case i'm going to go somewhere that i'm going to enjoy my life yeah yeah that's, that's like the zero and ones here <laughs> but 
But this idea of spending money as soon as you get it or, or pulling money and spending it is something that um, it, was, it was a little alien to me, mm. but I can see that in, in the Mexican economy. Mm. And, and I think, you know, the Russian economy, people uh, feel in the same way. Like you got students that comment about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure it's pretty similar in, in a lot of Latin America. Mm. Like um, I, I posted an article recently where, you know, they, they talk about emerging markets being hit heavily mm-hmm. um, with, with this downturn of economy. Um, in, the, in the article, they, they target Brazil in particular because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, its economy is so um, dependent upon the export of, of minerals and I guess what, petroleum, what else? A whole range of like, um, you, if, you're gonna, if you're making income for your country, you're selling something. So a lot of their mining has been affected mm-hmm. and the, the main, I mean, the reason why they targeted Brazil is because like a lot of Latin American countries, they, they borrowed money to stimulate their economy in US dollars. Ah. And the government borrowed the money or the, or private interest? Uh, both. Right. Both companies, okay. Okay. companies operating, I mean, which, um, which banks are giving you uh, very nice, attractive interest rates right now? Mm. It's American banks. Okay. They, they need to prop themselves up. With, with more positive inflow, which, you know, interest payments. So they're, they're lending money to the whole world. But um, I would say the Brazilian, I mean, all, all Latin American governments. Mexico's borrowed quite a bit. There's a lot of upgrades going on here. Um, the issue... Upgrades to the waistcoats and waistcoat pockets of certain politicians. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're talking about? Well, they're... I don't know any in particular. Okay. That's good. a bugger. But... <laughs> Um, they're definitely growing their office. <laughs> like it's a, it's a boom in business, isn't Good it? for the economy. It's great for the economy. Increasing <laughs> jobs by buying desks and chairs and cubicles. Yeah. Um, so, the short term. So the problem here is countries need to stimulate their economy. They need yep. to bring money in. They need to invest in positive projects. This is the decisions that companies and governments make. So they borrow money in US dollars. And they're still earning their income from the commodities they're selling. Yeah. But with this whole... And they're set, presumably they're selling a lot of the commodities for US dollars. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the, the game they're playing. But yep. what happens when the commodities drop? Mm. All of a sudden, you know, oil isn't what it used to be. Yeah. Iron ore. or well, a lot of base minerals. Like these are like huge exports for these mining countries. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when you don't have that income coming in, you still need to pay for your bills. You still need to pay your interest repayments in US dollars. So, I mean, in short, the people in the country start feeling tight. They start seeing the issue and they want to secure themselves by buying a stronger currency. So what happens? They start investing in US dollars because that's been the safe zone for the last 50 years. The strong money, the greenback. <laughs> the then, almighty dollar. And, uh, and that, that's scary because then all of a sudden there's people put in confidence in something that most of our viewers pretty know is worthless. Um, and the, well, it's a, well, okay. It's, a, well, it's I, technically not worthless, but it, it has the potential to be worthless. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a certain, yeah, okay. Technically, a- <laughs> technically, it looks great, which is why a lot of, uh, a lot of families yeah. are investing money in securing themselves with, you know, a, 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 couple, uh, a couple US dollars mm-hmm. because it just, it just keeps going up. 
Now, the issue with that is, as the US dollar goes up, the country needs to pay more to make their repayments, mm-hmm. which means it's like there's less in the middle. There's less active cash flow for the country, and which makes things tight. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that, that's, that's part of the, the whole cycle there. I mean, well, let's, let's see. I, I can see it here in Mexico. There's still a lot of talk about the US dollar being where you want to be. Like, yeah. People, well, is that the word on the string? That's the word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, where okay. Any, anyone okay. like... Well, I, I've, I've actually, I must confess, I've been feeling the same way because I, I get paid in US dollars, right? Uh, but uh, I don't, uh, like, I can leave it on PayPal and not put it into my bank account yeah. uh, where I hold it in Australian dollars. So uh, I, I have been doing that for the last couple of weeks. I'm like, well, you know, it looks like the, the peso might drop a bit more and then, you know, maybe I get uh, 20, 20 pesos to a dollar instead of 17. Uh, and then, you know, the amount of uh, tortillas that I can buy increases by 15%. Free food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I, I feel like I feel like the same way. In the short term, the US dollar is gonna be gonna be fine. Mm. In the in the very short term. <laughs> How short is short? Well, I, this is a, well, this is a very difficult okay, like, well, very difficult to make predictions. Well, we gonna, gonna we make have some, no idea what's gonna happen. I'm this gonna make some predictions. Financial advice. Okay. All right, all right, just Joe. in case. <laughs> just in case I get it right, I'm a champion, right? Okay, okay. So I, Aaron's gonna just Say something he has no idea about. I'm going to do the same thing, and then we'll we'll see yeah, how I, we end up. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you how I feel, right? Yeah, okay. this, this is me at the moment. My feelings, you know what? Right, right. You know my my point of view. I'm not saying do or don't do whatever you think you need to do, <laughs> but I feel like as we see the emerging economies crash one by one, the U.S. dollar is going to hang in there, and it might even keep going higher. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not at the point where. I'm going to go out and buy US dollars because I refuse. Like it's, I feel like that's treason upon myself. <laughs> I'm earning pesos. You know what I mean? Like you know, you got the, the luxury of of keeping your, your wealth in US dollars or Australian dollars yeah. that that are probably a little more stable, a little more confident than uh, than the Mexican peso. I don't know. I mean, in terms of the Australian dollar, the Australian dollar has followed a similar path in the last uh, the last uh, ten months. Uh, as the years. peso, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty closely following the the drop since December. Yeah, I mean, as an Australian, I was living the dream what, five years ago, back, <laughs> back in two thousand and once upon a time, no longer when the dollars were on parity. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and ten was like the dream time. <laughs> two thousand eight was the dream. Two thousand and eight, two thousand and ten. I guess so. Two thousand eight, the you know the the only one of the few countries in the world that, that just chugged right through the global financial collapse. The recession was so <laughs> bad in Australia that our prime minister gave us money. <laughs> just to... That was, uh, yeah, that's a whole ridiculous thing. We can talk a little bit about Keynesian economics in, <laughs> in, in a bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I didn't turn that money away. I don't, I? My, my ethical... Um, my ethical uh, backbone isn't that strong to, to, <laughs> to send the money back or throw it into Kevin Rudd's face or something, spit on it and, and uh, wipe his car with it or something. I like to think that even if it happened now, yeah. I would be stronger to say, you know, to send it, to package it in cash and, you know, burn it 
and make a YouTube video about it. <laughs> I, I would like, but, but it's, that's not true. I mean, I'm, I'm earning pesos and I would probably convert it and pay rent. <laughs> that's what I do with, with money right now. But my prediction would be that the US dollars got another, another year comfortable. Right. Um, but I'm not going to start investing in US dollars because that's only going to prolong that event happening in my reality. Okay. Like, like if I was to invest money to the US dollar, then I would be, yeah, I'd feel like I'm committing treason. Mm. So that's out. But um, being in Mexico, I am concerned about the, the strength of the peso. And I think, I think most emerging economies are. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a similar story. It's a, all over the world. All, all currencies fell against the US dollar last year. So, um, yeah, I was, I was telling you how um, it's kind of strange how you, you look up a currency exchange or you look up the rate. Um, say, I go onto xe.com and I say, how many, um, how many dollars uh, can you buy? No, sorry. How, how many bolivares, how many Venezuelan bolivares does it take to, to buy a US dollar? And the answer is, let's see, 6.3. So with, according to this, according to xe.com, uh, it takes 6.3, uh, 6.30025 precisely VEF to buy one USD. But that's not true. That's not even close to being true. That's the official rate. Uh, the real rate is 800 bolivars to, to buy one US dollar. Um, when you say real rate, you're talking street rate? Yeah, the street rate, yeah. If you can find it. Mm. I don't know, yeah. you, for 800 you probably find it <laughs> actually right now I'm thinking of doing a trip <laughs> yeah <laughs> the paper itself you, you know it's like if, um, let's see there's, of course there's capital controls in Venezuela there's price controls on, on other on other assets uh, and other goods so if I go to the street uh, I mean like this the street price sorry the, the official price for a kilogram of black beans is about six six or eight bolivars, but the real price is the street price, the black market price, and it's actually about twelve hundred twelve hundred bolivars to to buy some uh, some delicious black beans. Yeah. Okay, so just to clarify for for people that are that are living in other parts of the world, when you say black market price, street price, these are all synonyms for going to the market and, and what the price you're going to see. Like this is like real. Yeah. Like, or you won't necessarily see it, but you'll probably hear it. It's, it's what you're going to have to exchange to get it. Yeah. So what's the official rate? Like what's, what's all these official numbers about? <laughs> well, the official rate, I suppose, is the, is the numbers that the government tells people and they put up to, if, or if you go into a bank in Venezuela and say, I would like to exchange these dollars for Venezuelan bolivars. And they'll say, okay, certainly. Um, and you give them, uh, you know, $100 and they give you 630 bolivars. And then, and then you go and uh, you buy like half a meal or, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Shit. 
And yeah, yeah, I mean the the Bolivar is has uh, lost some of it, so much of its value that you can go to the store and buy an empanada, and they will wrap it in a, a twenty Bolivar note instead of giving you a napkin. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. I'm not sure how, how hygienic that is, but that's a, that's what's going on. So yeah, I, I'm just, I'm processing the the struggle. Mm. And like just the, just the pain that I think families are going through, having, yeah. having to live through that. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like the government with these official numbers, this is what the numbers they're putting down on their balance sheets and their, their reports to mm. go to the banks and borrow more money to keep everything rolling, to keep themselves employed as government. Mm. Yeah, that might have something to do with that, but I'm not sure how that would work as a well, little. Well, why are they trying to fiddly keep, numbers scam? Well, why are they trying to keep thing? face? Like, why can't they just tell you the truth? <laughs> well, you know, what's it? What's his name? Madero or Madera? I think it's been. Um, the, no, I forget. The president. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the guy. Um, he's just like he's a watered down poor man's version of, of uh, Chavez. And so whenever something goes wrong, he just says, it's those dirty capitalists. Whenever the, the, the supermarkets clear out because of price controls, it's those capitalists. So they're stock hard, stock, stockpiling the goods so, so you regular people can't get access to them. They're, they're greedy, greedy capitalist. Maduro is his name, by the way, Nicolas Maduro. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and he never actually explains economically how these greedy capitalists apparently af- affect the economy and clear out the supermarkets, but that's, a, that's, always, that's always his fallback. So, so why does he want to save face? Well, maybe because he runs a corrupt communist government um which is you know the stated purpose is to help the people but it does not do that not even close um i mean yeah the thing is when you give people power over others uh the power of violence legitimized violence this is what happens they abuse it and in the, in this case he abused it a lot or the, they abused it a lot the whole the whole a bunch of people that comprise the system then. Well, okay, let's let's blow this example out and look at the look at the whole world. 198 countries. Yeah. All of which well, I say the the large majority have governments. Um how many how many of those are not corrupted? <laughs> how many clean governments are you aware of? I I I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how you would measure that. That's a very difficult thing. I mean, we can look up we'll, we'll look up some stats in the break and find out um, some corruption in indices because I'm sure there's a few. Well, I was just throwing out the, the thought example because you mentioned, you know, corrupt government. And, and here we are in Mexico in a country that has, um, you know, on the range of emerging economies, quite a strong economy, kind yeah. of almost booming economy in comparison to every, everywhere else. Yeah. But the real life situation, like ideally, okay, let's, let's look at household, family, like, you know, wife's working, husband's working, a uh, couple kids at home. Ideally, I, I'm trying to process like the people that I know and you know families that I that I see. They might be earning five thousand pesos. Say say the wife works for the government job, works at tax agent office or pushing papers somewhere. Five thousand a fortnight, 
and the husband might be bringing in four thousand a fortnight as a as a laborer somewhere, you know, pretty modest family. But at nine thousand pesos, which might uh, equivalent, last time I checked, how much we we're talking eight hundred and fifty Australian dollars or eight hundred Australian dollars for um, for per fortnight for the family. It's like in that that is a good economy. Like that that pays rent well. Kids are going to school. There's always food in the house. All yeah. the bills are paid. Like that, that's good, but that's like on the edge. Husband loses his job, the mother loses her job. Um, where's the money to pay rent? The, the stress starts to come in. Mm. And, you know, I'm trying to put that in Venezuela, and it's like that, that is, they've already gone past the red line. I can't even begin to imagine as a country as a whole how, that, how they operate, like how the neighbors hang out, like what sort of, People are still people. Like, mm. you, like you're still going to be sociable and, you know, people are going to have to go out, go to work, go to the groceries, can, you know, live. Mm. But what is that kind of like that black cloud that's being caused that comes over the whole population of the economy? Like that, that's, that, that leads to if you get paid, you spend all your money as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, like we've just done full circle with this idea of, um, if I could go back in time a couple of years ago, I would have liquidated everything. Yeah. Brought my Australian dollars to Mexico and just said, forget about it. I'm, I'm out. I don't see it getting any better. <laughs> a lot of people like Mrs. Wan yeah. is there and she's waiting for her shares to go back up. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's highly invested in the stock exchange and of China, I'm assuming, or yeah. anyone in the US yeah. or in Australia. They, they see a stock go down. Wow. That's an opportunity to buy because we're in the strongest period of economic success and growth of all time. Look at the strength of the US dollar. And people see a stock price drop and they, they want to buy. That's scary because the, <laughs> the psychology is so backwards when it comes to like storing wealth, creating value. Well, it's, I mean, it depends how you look at it because, I mean, if the, if, if the stock really drops... Uh, then if, if you think a, a stock is good long-term, then, yeah, you probably should buy it because um, that's like getting a discount, right? Yeah. Uh, and that, that kind of makes sense. But um, Well, that, that's – I mean, you have to be pretty switched on to recognize the difference because yeah. I, I think um, investing in, in mines, for example, that are gold mines, mm. I think they're quite cheap because of the way gold has been valued lately, mm-hmm. yet I think that would be a good investment. Mm. I, just, I just don't have the extra value to take the risk of having it inside a system like that. Press like on YouTube. Press like on Facebook. Subscribe on YouTube, iTunes and podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at BattleAZ and TroubleBubble. I got to chill. <laughs> cool. Yeah, things get intense in the world economy. Things are shaping up, shaping down, getting out of shape and getting beaten into shape. Well, uh, I just brought up the, the, the corruption index. This is apparently one of the, this is one of the most prominent ones the tra- um, by Transparency International, the Corruption Perceptions Index. I'll just put the, the uh, graphic up on the screen so you can see. It looks like, yeah, there are a few countries that are up there. 
It's not like... Hmm, no, no country is really edging towards 100%, but there are countries like, like Canada, in Scandinavia, in New Zealand. Um, they're looking pretty, pretty good, like in the high 80s. Um, so the, this is actually, it's not a measurement of corruption. Like I said, it will be very difficult to measure, and say it's a measure of the, corrup- the, the perception of the corruption in the government. You mentioned transparency as well. Uh, well, Transparency International is the name of the organization that publishes this mm-hmm. okay. index, yeah. But I guess that has something to do with it, yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. So if you really want to go somewhere that's not corrupt, you might pick one of, one of these fine countries. I mean, there's a, there's a few that are up there, like, I mean, the United States is up here in the in the 70s, but I think that's uh, actually, I think that people are mistaken about that. <laughs> and that's the funny thing about this, is it being a perceptions index. Like, how well do you have the people fooled? Well, I have them about 75% fooled. Okay. It's a Good, pass. But, yeah. Good enough for me. <laughs> yeah. That's a, you know, B minus. Uh, <laughs> get, get them just fooled enough. Um and yeah, that's <laughs> that's how it goes. So, keeping in line with perception yep. of the public, you see, um, we're talking about the government controlling people's ability to to transfer wealth or exchange. Hmm. And I think this perception is it's when you start bringing things like capital control, it's like the, the perception of what that is usually goes over your head or, you know, below the radar. Mm-hmm. Like it's not really something that stands out to you as in like, it's not a big deal. So, uh, so what if you're only allowed to pull out 6,000 pesos per day or 66 euros per day or transfer internationally, you know, almost 7,800 US dollars over a three-month period? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, you're talking about the, the recently introduced capital controls in China. So all, most of the transactions in China are facilitated by a, a, an organization called Union Pay. So it's kind of it's kind of like the visa of China, I suppose, or, so, or the domestic SWIFT or something like that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so the, the government started clamping down on... Uh, Transactions, and they've said in the in in the final three months of 2015, starting well, what is at, at time of recording, starting yesterday and the first of October, um, in the final three months, you can you can um, transfer or withdraw uh, fifty thousand yuan, um, which is about seven thousand eight hundred US dollars, and then in 2016. You can transfer a total of one hundred thousand yuan for the entirety of the year. So, um, yeah, like you were saying, it's probably maybe it's not such a big problem for a lot of people. Um, and I'm, I, I guess, there's not a, a cause for public outrage or riots or anything like that because most people probably don't have that amount of money, and they're not moving that amount of money, um, but. For, for certain people, it's going to be a problem. And 
it, it makes me wonder too, like once you get that thin end of the wedge in and say to the people, hey, so, you know, we, you can only move so much money in a year and then over time you decrease the amount or over time the yuan becomes worth less and less and then, <laughs> and then you have a problem where moving 100,000 yuan in, in a year means that you can move virtually no money at all. So... Yeah, That's, seven seven thousand eight hundred. Yeah. So between now and Christmas. Yeah. Like if you if you organized a, a family vacation to Europe, mm. you're probably going to spend more than that. Um, just in just in going to Disneyland. <laughs> like it's it's not a lot of money, but I guess for the majority of of Chinese that aren't moving internationally, like aren't moving money internationally, or aren't traveling, or, yeah. or aren't conducting business, that isn't a big deal. It's like, uh, well, that's a rich people's problem. And mm. then it's like, it's, it's, out of, it's out, of the, out of the way, but the wedge is there. Mm. Like, you know, it might only be a little bit, yeah. but that control is going to stop just you. Just a little bit, just the tip. Just the tip. It's all I want, baby. Just, just the tip, just for a minute, just for a temporary government program. Nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. Uh, yeah, and my my buddy Steve sent me this article about a month back about um, capital controls in Indonesia, and uh, you can't use apparently you can't use any foreign currency payments in Indonesia, and with some exceptions, like if it's a if it's foreign owned company, um, some staff could be paid in U.S. dollars, um, but the the rupiah is like tumbling over, over a year. Um, one dollar in rupee cost um, twelve thousand like one year ago, and now it costs about fifteen thousand. Uh, so they're in like they're they're getting getting towards that desperate stage where they're like, "What the hell can we do to to fix our currency?" Um, and uh, oh, the other point back in China was with uh, the fact that the the yuan is in such trouble. The only way or one of the few ways that, that China has to, to solve this problem and maintain the value of the yuan is to sell $20 billion per day. It's uh, $20 billion. Yeah, $20 billion here, $20 billion there. Pretty soon you're talking about real money. That's $20,000 million? Yeah, yeah, 20, uh, 20 um, uh, American billion. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Per day? Yeah, per day. Seven, that's seven times a week. <laughs> yeah, twice on Sundays if you're lucky. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, look, I, I was looking, I found a, a sneaky article um, back on what happened with, with Cyprus, like, you know, back when these sort of, when these terms, credit control wasn't such a, uh, so evident, like, you know, back when it was like when they're creating new words and new terms. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure capital control has existed as a phrase for a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, but okay. the words, the words, it, of, the words Once words. upon a time when the world was a more innocent place and we didn't, we oh, didn't have to worry about capital controls. You probably wouldn't see it on, in a newspaper. It's like, it's in, it's like, it wasn't, like I'm yeah. talking back pre-2008. Right. Before right. these countries had these issues. Yeah. Um, before those concerns. Mm. Then you know, n- normal folk like public would never hear this term. 
Mm. But now it's thrown around like, you know, well, you know, Cyprus did it, Greece did it, they did it in Indonesia, and now they're doing it in China. Like, it's just a stabilization measure. Not a big deal. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're just putting a little vice on your wallet. <laughs> your wallet, you know, your savings, your income, your earnings, your inheritancey, whatever, yep. whatever you want. Yep. Um, back when it happened in Cyprus and going back a couple of years, the it was called upon the European, the European Commission to give them, to grant them permission to do it. And the terms were that the only way they could introduce it, or the, the, the reason why, was because they were at a significant risk of complete destabilization. Mm. So what other reason is there to do it? If you're not concerned about complete destabilization. I, know, I, like, I like saying that because it feels like the building's getting jelly. <laughs> Things are getting <laughs> Yeah, wobbly. it's just like opening a, a hotel in Mexico City. Well, I think now you'd want to build 10 levels of basement <laughs> to make sure that it, it all kind of looks like, like a pendulum, <laughs> right? right? Okay. Have you seen the new buildings they're putting up in Mexico City? Are they really doing that? 10, ten floors oh, of basement to stabilize? Well, they, they go deep. Okay. Because... Mexico's a, a jelly pit. Like, and if, if you're jelly wrestling, you want good yeah, foundation. If you're, if you're a professional jelly wrestler, you want to move to the world capital of, of jelly pits. Spread your feet. Get a wide grip. Good base. But yeah, they're building some massive buildings in Mexico City. Mm. And, but I'm sure their engineers are paid well. They know what to do. Everyone's going to pick up the responsibility. Sure. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, destabilization of international markets. China, yeah. China being the latest to join the, the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people, I guess people anticipated this to an extent in Greece. But now with China jumping on board, I mean, you're starting to see a few cracks there, cracks in the, in the surface. And you have to wonder, like, if, if China's going to do it, I mean, China has these currency problems. Who else has currency problems? Well, just about everybody. So, so what's, the, what's the next step? Who's next? Who's the next domino? Those emerging markets. Yeah. <laughs> right. All the, all the bricks. Well, this is what I hear. I mean, nobody can know for sure. Yeah. For well, I, I hear everything's pretty strong. Mm. That's what I've been hearing. Mm. But then, then they, their actions are like, Louder, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Actions speak louder than words. Is that what you're getting at? Use words, big boy. <laughs> yes. Use the strength of your words, not the strength of your capital controls. Uh, yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me at all if a certain authoritarian state uh, being under the control of a socialist for some years, such as Brazil, would jump on next and say let's let's control let's the capital but i i don't th actually i think the i want to have a look at the exchange rate reals in us dollars here just I, while you looking think, that up i think it's reasonably stable i'm no, going actually to... the graph looks terrible yeah sorry go ahead no no if you got it up there you spill the beans <laughs> okay there's a mexican bouncing magic beans <laughs> Mexican jumping beans. Oh, that's them. Yeah, I was just telling Aaron earlier that you can go to the, the market 
here in Guadalajara, the, one of the biggest ones, in San Juan de Dios. And they actually have Mexican jumping beans. Apparently, they use them for divination. So maybe next episode, we'll, we'll, we'll go down there and, and uh, try to predict what's going to happen, which, which of the, the bricks are going to institute capital controls next and see what, <laughs> we can, see what comes up. We can up. paint little flags on them and see how, how, how high they bounce individually. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay well uh, yeah the real looks like it's actually and it's it's in a pretty steady decline uh since i mean well i mean the the entire last year it was it started um last year about a year ago 2.5 reals to the u.s dollar and now it's at four so so you know it, it almost lost half of its value and uh yeah, capital controls. See what see what happens. A little chaos in the mix. Who's who's gonna be next? See, when I first came across this idea, I thought it was deeper than just about holding their their economy together. Mm. I thought it was about the psychology of the population, mm-hmm. or like not introducing the idea of being able to use other tradable tokens yep. or other yeah. other money. I, I thought I didn't. It's like, okay, fair enough. You know, I think a lot of people feel very patriotic and, you know, we're in Australia, we should use our money, Australian dollars. We're in Mexico, we should use a Mexican peso. Well, I did think it's about patriotism in Australia. No, it's more about isolation. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the the example between between having a a national currency and then having a national currency, but having countries or having areas, cities inside your country where you you accept other currencies like... Mm -hmm. Here, um, in most tourist places, they, they have U.S. dollars, like in yeah. Cancun. Cancun's very uh, Americanized, very U.S. dollar driven. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of Mexicans, they feel a little bit of disdain. They feel like, you know, we should make them use our, our money. And that is, I think that's kind of a patriotic thing. Mm-hmm. But I first thought, if you were in control, if you're the government and you're trying to strengthen the cage that you have on the people's minds then you don't want them to be thinking about what else they can trade. Mm. You want them to stick with what they've always known, don't change anything, we give you money to use, you guys play with that, mm. play, play with your play money. But don't even think about using other people's play money <laughs> because then you start thinking, well, what happens if I, want, if I don't want to play play money anymore? <laughs> what happens if I want to trade something else? Yeah. And it's not until that little system and cage completely breaks open and the people don't have anything to play with. Mm. And, you know, and that's what we're seeing in, in Greece at the moment. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So in Greece, people are starting to use systems of barter uh, because they can't, they can't withdraw more than, you said, 66 euros a day? Yeah. Sort, of, sort of was. Okay. I, I don't know how much buying power that has. I mean, it's, it seems for them to put that in place, it, it seems it would want to be reasonable, right? But I mean, it sounds like a decent amount of money. I mean, that's about a hundred dollars, right? But you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to have rent due that weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not going to get oh, your rent. No. Euro's gone down. It's actually seventy three dollars. Um, that's not very yeah, much at so all. So this is the article. Bartering platform offers a way to sidestep capital controls, and it gives some examples. Like people um, put put up a put up a, a, a fridge online and say, "Hey, I'm willing to to trade this." for reasonably new children's clothes or um, it's got the example of a butcher um, 
trading minced meat for new tires and, and stuff like that. So, you know, you can't you can't hold back the ingenuity of people and they really find a way to, to trade. I mean, people really love to trade. Uh, it's a, a good way to, well, it's, you know, it increases wealth because um, in, a, in, in a voluntary interaction, each party values the other object more than their own object and that's why the trade takes place and uh, so it's, it makes this beautiful, complete, peaceful transaction and, and that's what makes up a free market and yeah so even if you even if you hold back people from uh from using money they will still find a way to engage in some kind of uh capitalism i guess yeah because everyone's got unique individual needs for different products and they can find utility value in something or the utility value might be traded for something else yeah yeah. But um, you said that they didn't, they didn't know how to barter or they had to – no, it's funny that they had to learn the internet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is the quote. It was hard at first to convince companies, mostly small and medium-sized, to join and build a profile. There were quite a few cases where we, had, where we not only had to explain how bartering works but also had to explain the internet. So I, I guess I'm imagining these are like mum and pop stores – uh, on the corner where you go and, and buy some tzatziki or whatever, uh, and they just had they they just never advertised on the internet, um, never used the internet. The, you know, sixty year old people running the stop shop for forty years, and they're like, ah, internet, this Malacca internet, <laughs> so, something like that. <laughs> it seems very complicated. Like, do, I mean, meat for tires. I mean, you'd want you'd want to. Half a cow, wouldn't you? <laughs> like you're on a good a good chunk of meat. Tires are expensive. It's true. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, if you don't have the fridge, you'd want to have kids with good clothes to trade to get the fridge to put the meat in after you t- sew your tires. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> wouldn't it right. be easier if they had some kind of unique tradable token? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some kind of standard of value that you could use to to trade goods. Well, they do magical. Um, on this platform, they do have trade points as well. So if you if you trade that fridge and maybe the fridge doesn't, uh, like somebody offers you five sets of clothes and you're like, well, actually I wanted seven sets of clothes and they just put a, a, a few extra points on there to, to sweeten the deal, one point is equivalent to one euro. So Those points could have power one day. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, no, I, well, I, they could. They they could. I'm but just, probably not more than they do now. <laughs> yeah. No. I would, well, that's that's the thing. It's like you you want to if you're collecting points, you want to use them before they're worth nothing, or you want to store them before they're worth for them to increase in value as the system mm. becomes more useful. You know, maybe there's nothing on there you want. You want to store your points. Yeah. Um, but then wouldn't it wouldn't it suck if that system became like a government and all of a sudden they're taxing points just to be involved <laughs> in the system? Like you know, you've got. A monthly fee—that's five points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm stretching the example, but you mean just like banks do here in Mexico and and probably in most of the most developing countries. Yes, my message would be to the person that owns this system or invented it to make it completely transparent, 
and never give up the points. <laughs> never, never give that to a central right. control. So, you, so you're saying that this this system that gained popularity because of of capital controls is actually going to implement its own capital controls, not allow you to withdraw any euros, and and then <laughs> it's just got this whole. Uh, that would be like a new version of Freddy Krueger, wouldn't it? It's like, <laughs> it's like the people gained their freedom only to be, be attacked and, you know, rounded up under slavery again for their... Within their dreams. Within their fighter points. Well, you know, these a lot of people live in their dreams. I've never seen Nightmare on Elm Street, so I, I have no idea if, if that analogy you just made made any sense or not, but I'm <laughs> leaning towards no. Okay, well... <laughs> Yeah. In, in case, I'm sure. I'm sure my fans got it. All right. But <laughs> the point is, if a free system, yeah, centralizes and takes control of its own system, mm. then it's a nightmare, and we can see that in governments and banks today. And mm. here we are. We're living this dream world they created. <laughs> yeah. Keep your freedom, people. <laughs> yeah. So you know, final note: never hurts to have a little bit of silver. Just a, just a little bit, you know, enough to survive a month. It could could uh, come in handy in a crucial time. A little bit of silver, a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of gold. Uh, yeah. yeah, because an extra fridge isn't going to be as fast to move as, as silver. Mm. Oh, you know, a little bit of extra food. I bought a, a kilogram of amaranth the other day and uh, it actually looks like this. It like, takes up about... Uh, six liters of volume because <laughs> amaranth is so light. But you know, what is that? It's I, I showed it to you the other day. It's a kind of seed. It's they call it a pseudo grain, similar to quinoa. Oh, superfood! And you can eat it in like porridge, or I put it in smoothies. And and uh, doesn't yeah. doesn't taste very interesting, but it's it's like full of protein. It's like forty percent protein or something. You see, I forgot it. I forgot what it was called. Like I forgot it. Like I just see it as the blocks they sell, usually with honey yeah. and, and things like a yeah. commonly street Mexican snack food, alleg- yeah. alegria or smiles. Yeah, <laughs> gladness, happiness. Yeah, <laughs> so, selling a little happiness on the side of the street. <laughs> so you've been chopping through that. Uh, you still got a good. No, it's, yeah, there's plenty of it. And you know, that could maybe just that kilogram if if i was in a tough spot maybe i could survive off that for a week then i got a, a little stockpile of beans probably enough for a week as well yeah so having, having um food is, is okay I'll, I'll give you a real example personal yeah. example um my household income took a very big hit last fortnight mm. but luckily I, I got three months of food <laughs> I didn't have to go shopping. <laughs> like, you know, my cool. my pay was about 5% of what it what it normally is, like my my income to the house. Uh, That's a 95% cut on your fortnightly pay. Um, you know, it was like breathe, take a moment, and then uh and then rejoice in the three month supply of, of living you <laughs> And it's like, you know, I didn't need to wait for zombies. I didn't need to, to wait for, the, you know, the government to come and confiscate my, my gold and silver because I've got beans, rice, pasta, yeah. a variety of herbs and sauces. Yeah. I continue to eat like a king. <laughs> and I didn't even need money, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's my final words. Yeah, yeah. That's really. So the point is never hurts to have a little bit, never hurts to be a little bit prepared, especially in these unstable times. So my name's Kurt Robinson. My name's Aaron Battle. Look me up on Twitter at Trouble Bubble. You can catch me at Battle AZ. That's Bravo, Alpha, Tango, Tango, Lima, Echo, Alpha, <laughs> Yankee, Zulu, Echo, Echo, in, in case you missed it. <laughs> Ooh, that's, at, at I need to learn my letters, man. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, j- jump on Facebook. You can look us up on Facebook. Stay in touch. Press like. Hover over the like button. Press get notifications. That'll that'll help you have a little bit of extra contact with us. A little special connection, just like you have with the lady that sells happiness on the side of the road. And jump on to YouTube. You can press like on YouTube, subscribe on there so you can have a look at, and at our videos too. And uh, you can jump on to theparadiseparadox.com. So we, we have a lot of good content through there. You can jump back through the episodes, look up things where, where we're talking about other potential financial collapses, other analyses of crazy shit that we try to get to the bottom of. We do have a wide range of topics. <laughs> so use our search bar. <laughs> Dig deep. You find something chewy. <laughs> mm, delicious. And and yeah, you notice on the top there's a donate button or you you go to donate.theparadiseparadox.com. So we put a lot of effort into this. We do a lot of research, try to find out some some interesting things for you guys to 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 know about, increase your knowledge, increase your mind, expose yourself to new ideas and potentially blast your head like a, a light bulb that just dropped from the ceiling onto the floor and imploded um, in a good way. And... Um, yeah, so you can donate by PayPal, uh, Bitcoin, altcoins. Um, there's a f- few options on there, and uh, we do appreciate your your tips on there. So, so go ahead, donate.theparadiseparadox.com. Uh, that'll really help us out. The, the other way you can help us out is uh, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, especially if you're in the USA, um, you can uh, have a look at the top of theparadiseparadox.com. Again, there's a, there's a shop Amazon link. Follow that link, have a look on Amazon, uh, do some window shopping, buy some books. What was that? Um, what was that book you were reading? Currency Wars. Currency Wars by Jim Richards. Jim Ricketts, yeah. R- Ricketts. Yeah. yeah. R I C K A R D S. Yeah, Currency Wars. That's an in- interesting um, book that you can look up there. And um, it, it would change your life. You don't you don't look at government the same. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you feel silly, but it's a good book. <laughs> All right, better better to look like a fool now than remain a fool for the rest of your life. Um, and what else? I think that's that's everything. Oh no, what else? You got? Pocket casts. Um, that's right. Yeah, reviews, comments, yeah, uh, reviews on on iTunes. Leave us a review or subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Pocket Cast or Podcast Addict. Uh, that's a free one. And uh, also, yeah, go, go on to theparadiseparadox.com, leave us a comment or on Facebook as well. That's cool. Reach out to us, touch us, just like Elliot and ET having a special relationship. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> they still have Focus. that. 
Yeah, hocus pocus. All right, see you next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember to head on over to the Paradise Paradise.